from the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch. This is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every Thursday. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Assistant Features Editor at the Dispatch, and today I'm joined in studio by my colleague, movie writer Terry Mikesell. It's Valentine's Day, and love is in the air. Couples can celebrate at the Franklin Park Conservatory and Botanical Gardens from 5.30 to 9 tonight, enjoying chocolate and wine pairings, along with live music. Or get a twisted take on love by checking out the Valentine's Shorts Festival by OG Productions at St. James Tavern. The 8th annual collection of short, new romantic comedies explore the worst thing that ever happened to people. Or wait a day and hang with John Cusack. That's right, the actor from Say Anything and Gross Point Blank is going to be in town Friday for a screening of High Fidelity at the Palace Theater, followed by a question and answer session. In the comedy drama, Cusack plays the owner of a used record store who compiles top five lists for many things, including his romantic breakups. He agreed to take some time to talk with us prior to his upcoming visit. Hi, John. Thanks for calling. Thanks for having me. Sure. So, uh, what attracted you to the movie High Fidelity and the the role of Rob Gordon? Well, I liked the book, and uh, I was offered the opportunity to adapt it Mm -hmm. um, by a very cool guy who ran a studio at the time, so it was a a good situation all the way around. Okay, great. That's how it worked. Okay, so in High Fidelity, you spend a lot of time on screen alone, and you're interacting only with the camera. Was making this movie any more difficult or stressful than than any other film? No, only, yeah, Well, when you're writing and producing and acting, it's a lot of uh, energy, Mm -hmm. but I've done that before, so I've done multiple jobs on films quite often, so kind of the same. Okay, so the movie was released in 2000. What is it about the movie that still resonates with audiences today? Well, I think it's a movie about men, and it's also about people's relationships to music, and music as kind of autobiography, and how music, different times in their lives, and as they go through their memories, you know, there's usually a soundtrack accompanied to it, mm-hmm. with their histories, and so I think it's those sort of themes are seem to be slightly timeless. Okay, so we put out a Facebook post uh, that we were going to be doing this interview, and one reader wanted us to ask, how were the songs chosen for the soundtrack? Carefully. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of intent. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, we had a great miracle working in Kathy Nelson, who, who got all the rights for us over mm-hmm. Disney when we were doing it. So, right. it's due to her that we had that uh, great soundtrack. Now, you're a Chicago area native. The film was based on what's set in London. But I've read that you were adamant about uh, the film being set and made in Chicago. Uh, why was that? Because I wanted to be in it, and that was the take I had on it. That I thought what was interesting about the film was the people in the record store that I grew up with were the same as the people in Britain. They just were, the Brits were more interested in American R&B and soul, and we were more interested in punk new wave. Mm-hmm. But besides that, it was the same men. It was the same story about the same guys. So to me, I thought, well, it, it actually, it makes the themes even more universal when you get it out of the colloquial British stuff. You know, we asked the writer of the book if he would be happy with that, because I didn't want to do it if, it if he didn't like the idea. And he was like, yeah, sure. The, his, the movie's about more than just England. So, okay. And so, with his blessing, we did it. Now, you're coming to Columbus for a screening of the movie and a Q&A afterwards with the audience about the event, and you've done similar events for this and for Say Anything. Has meeting your fans in such a setting been interesting? Have you learned anything from these sessions? Yeah. I mean, I don't usually look back too much, but it's very flattering and gratifying that people still get so much blood from them so to, to kind of hear 
hear people laughing and hear the soundtracks rocking and hear people interacting with the screen and having fun and, and afterwards people are really into it and they, they have questions about the creative process or how decisions were made or how a performance was, you know, how some performance happened. Or, and so they seem to be very into it. So, you know, enthusiasm is contagious. So if the people are having fun, I'm happy to do it. If it ever gets to be like it's a drag, then of course I, I won't do it. But sure. if, um, if it's making people happy, it's, it's a, kind of a no-brainer. Now, you had said that the movie is a film about men. What do you think or what are your thoughts about the fact that High Fidelity is being adapted for TV with a woman as the protagonist? I don't know anything about it except for um, I know that it was, I know the actress related to the actress in our movie, so that's kind of, we think, is it some big connection. Mm -hmm. And you had also mentioned the idea that everyone has sort of a soundtrack to their lives. Why don't you talk a little bit about the soundtrack to your life? How would you describe that? What songs tend to sound out for you and to represent you? Luckily, I sort of got to actually put it up on screen, so you can probably just see some of the movies that are good, and when they have good soundtracks, that was probably, uh, I probably had a little bit of influence there. Are you going to be visiting any record stores during your time here? If there's good ones around, sure. Absolutely. We'll have to make sure you get a chance to visit things like Use Kids Records. It is good. So in the film, Rob is always making his top five list. Does Rob Gordon make your personal list of top five John Cusack characters? Yeah, I think it was just because of um, the amount the, the, that I was uh, one of the filmmakers and producers and writers and actors. So yeah, uh, that was uh, one of the ones that I worked hardest on. So I'd put it up there with whatever small amount of good stuff I've done. Who else do you think would make that list? Who else would make with what list? Your list of, of, yeah, your top five characters, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't be the right one to ask. So uh, your sister Joan is in the movie as well. Uh, One of nine films you two have appeared in together, given that some families can't hang wallpaper together. How is it working on a movie with your sister? It's pretty easy, especially because I'm close with my sister, so we get along great. So it's kind of like the easiest thing in the world. So we've gotten away with it nine times, so if we're lucky, we'll do another one. One thing we had also asked people about on Facebook was just sort of their favorite parts of the movie. I'm kind of curious as to what yours ended up being. Of High Fidelity? Yes. Hmm. I would say some of the moodier aspects of it, of the city, kind of a, more of the romantic aspects of Chicago, probably. And then seeing your a film that you have a hand in creating and hearing the Velvet Underground feels a little bit like a triumph over corporate filmmaking, some small little tiny window of success for artistry. Okay. So I, I would say things like that. Okay. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.